I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. It's episode 201 and we're talking about the Rugby World Cup which is uh, up and coming in New Zealand. Yep, New Zealand, our home country and where we currently are at the moment. So it seemed pretty relevant to have a New Zealand week on the site. Yeah, that's right. This coming week, everything about uh, Indie Travel Podcast is going to be all about New Zealand. So we'll have stories, videos, photos, and uh, this this year podcast. That's right. So we're here at the moment, as we said. So we're, you know, we're right in the thick of it. And since it's our home country, no affair bit about it. So we're going to try and share as much as we can. Mm. Well, this week we um, have not really been up to much, but um, I guess the highlight of the week for me was going to a vertical tasting of Talisker, which is a, a, a whiskey, and uh, that was a, a very nice night and a gift from some friends as part of my 30th. Yeah, so, happy birthday again. Thanks. Oh my goodness, everyone's going to think that we just keep celebrating our birthdays for like the whole year. I try, I try. <laughs> it's certainly been the whole month of yeah. June, I mean now well, that, that was, it's July. That, that was June 30th and my actual <laughs> birthday was, uh, the 12th. was back on the 12th, so yes, I'm, I'm doing my best, doing my best. And today we caught up with Travis Ball from uh, Flashpacker HQ. He's uh, in New Zealand at the moment and over the next month as well. So it's great to, to see him after he's uh, recently flown in. Yeah, he had a bit of trouble flying in actually because of the um, Chilean ash cloud. Thank you, Chile. We really appreciate it. <laughs> Heaps of our friends have been delayed by that. It's been yeah. really annoying. Yeah, right through Asia Pacific. Hey, eh? It's been, been problematic. That's right. Oh, remember that you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay traveling by booking through us. Please visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights slash hostels and slash insurance when booking your travel online. We also have travel deals updating daily at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash deals and a growing list of great day tours at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash tours. You can visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Amazon when you're shopping online or grab a free audiobook with a two-week trial of Audible through IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Audible or slash audiobook. And our own books are at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash books. You can buy The Art of Solo Travel and Travelling Europe as PDFs or as a Kindle ebook, and get a copy of How to Live Like Us, which is talking about our travels and how you can do it too. That one's free at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash books. Mm, and if you keep an eagle eye out in the Kindle bookstore this week, <laughs> you'll see the uh, the Kindle version of The Art of Couples Travel exciting. launching. Uh, fingers crossed. It's in uh, it's an Amazon review at the moment, so <laughs> hopefully I haven't stuffed up the formatting too much. Uh, that's coming in at an introductory price of $2.99 um, for the next month. Wow, so. that's really cheap. It is, yeah. We're going to be bumping that up uh, in a month's time. So if you're looking at it in uh, in July, you you get... should buy it right now because it's not going to stay there. <laughs> yep. I want <laughs> You get all of uh, all of our hard work, almost eighteen months of writing and revising for uh, three bucks. So it's good value. Awesome. <laughs> But the Rugby World Cup is coming, and it's coming fast. Uh, if you don't follow sports, watch soccer or football, or if you just prefer to riot in uh, Vancouver with the ice, ice hockey fans, you might not know that the Rugby World Cup is just two months away. It starts in uh, September. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, first game's kicking off in Auckland. That means if you're coming to New Zealand during that time in September or October, it's going to be busy. So if you, if you booked your trips... Uh, inadvertently to coincide with this rather large, stupidly enormous um, event, you might find things a little bit different. Yeah. It's very, very busy. So to help travellers get the most out of New Zealand during that time, we've put together a specific page at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash RWC, RWC for Rugby World Cup. 
you know, we're not that inventive with our names. So it's not going to mean something strange, Rugby World Cup. And if you have no idea what rugby is or how it's played, and or if you need to book accommodation or transport or get an idea of an itinerary, if you need advice on travelling New Zealand through such a busy time, well, there, go there. Yeah, definitely. Um, in today's show, we're going to talk about the practicalities of getting around New Zealand um, in general, but specifically around the World Cup. Look at the main cities which are hosting the games and quickly talk about some of the things to do around each of them. Now, when we say it's going to be busy, the Rugby World Cup, even though only a few countries in the world play rugby, the Rugby World Cup is actually the third biggest sporting event in the world oh, really? in, in each quarterly cycle. Yeah, They are expecting to sell about 1.6 to 1.8 million tickets. Gosh. So considering the population of New Zealand is just four and a half million, that's almost half the population of New Zealand going to one of these games. That's a lot, a lot of yeah. people. So you can imagine the, uh, the strain it's going to be on infrastructure just from, just from those kind of stats. I mean, it's, yeah, I think uh, Football World Cup, Olympic Games and Rugby World Cup are the three biggest and most watched wow. events in the world. That's, that's quite impressive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's so... Yeah, I I just can't stress how manic it's going to be. Well, as far as transport and accommodation go, um, book book now. Right, that's come, a website like that. Yeah, come, coming, <laughs> coming to New Zealand in September or October, and you haven't planned stuff, um, start looking online, get on the phone, uh, head over to indietravelpodcast.com slash rwc, and um, yeah, and book. Yeah, that's it really. I mean, things are going to get really, really busy. I know at least one rental company that's almost filled its books and a few hostels are getting booked up as well. Lots of hostels are also hiking up their prices mm. during the time because, well, there's going to be a lot more people there. Demand is a lot higher. I've heard about people making bookings more than a year in advance. Oh, wow. So a lot of people, I mean, a lot of hostels have had bookings for the Rugby World Cup from last year. That's crazy. I know, because but, but these are people being prepared and good on them mm. because... You know, it's going to be busy. It's going to be I, th- busy. I think, especially in the smaller cities, like places like Auckland, you'll likely be able to find something, even if it's really like last minute expensive. Um, but it might not be what you want. Probably won't be, you know, in the city close to the CBD and the party areas. Well, what about what happened to us in Wellington? Yeah. <laughs> well, we arrived in um, in Wellington, just passing through. We thought, okay, we're going to f- go up from. Christchurch to, uh, through Wellington and up, back up to Auckland. This is when we first came back to New Zealand and we'd bought our car. We booked our tickets across on the ferry and we thought, oh, okay, we need to stay in Wellington for a couple of days because we wanted to go to a board game meetup. Um, but we ac- accidentally, without knowing it, we were passing through at the same time as the Wellington Sevens, which is the, well, it's rugby, but with only seven players, seven aside. And uh, there was just nothing. There was no accommodation available. <laughs> I spent about two hours on internet and on the phone trying to find something. The only place I could find was almost a three-hour drive away. It was about two hours, 45 minutes away. And uh, that was it. Oh, and then there was that one hostel in the city. Oh, that's right. It was down, like a family down, room or something. Downtown yes. Backpackers uh-huh. could give us a, a suite for like 140 per person per no, night. No, it wasn't that bad. It, it, wasn't was. That bad. it, was, it was so huge. expensive. It was huge. And we just kind of said we can't afford that. So we eventually found that a couch server who said, yeah, you can, you yeah. can crash in our, on my backyard. Yeah. He had a spare tent. He actually had a new tent. And he's like, oh, I want to try it out. So he was quite happy. <laughs> but he already had four other couch surfers. So yeah. it's just really, really nice of him. Yeah, now that's how 
you know, that's our fourth or fifth biggest city. That's the capital of New Zealand. And that's how busy it was for a one-weekend event. Yeah. So, so imagine what it's going to be like for a full country yeah. uh, nationwide. Just, just like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I spoke with uh, James Rolleston. He's the big boss at Spaceships about what accommodation and transport might be like in Auckland um, and around the country. Well, let's begin with uh, where people are going to lay their heads. What do you reckon accommodation is going to look like in, in New Zealand during the Rugby World Cup? Uh, well, there's a bit of a variety for those who are self-driving, um, from dock sites through to holiday parks. Um, and then you've got your inner city ranges of accommodation from um, you know budget backpackers uh, into apartments and hotels. Um, so there's plenty of variety, um, just subject to what people are looking for and um, where they'd like to be located in, in convenience to, to the actual fixtures. Sure. Well, I'm guessing a lot of people are going to be coming uh, straight into Auckland. It's got the biggest international airport and uh, it's the biggest city in New Zealand. What can people kind of expect there? Um, Auckland will be uh, pretty busy. There's um, there's quite a few games happening there and obviously all the, uh, the major games towards the closing of the, the World Cup. Um, it's sort of being advised that you best use the public transport systems, um, both rail and bus. Uh, they leave from um, Britomart in central Auckland. Um, Eden Park, which is the, the main stadium, is only four kilometres from the city centre. Uh, so there will be a walking track as well. Um, so best if you leave your vehicle um, at your accommodation or campground and use the public transport. Sure, and that's going to be connecting people with, uh, with the bars and things before and after the game as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct. The, um, Kingsland Station is uh, very close to the stadium and Kingsland is a, um, a great area of Auckland with a, a good range of um, nightlife um, and bars so people can um, have a drink or two before and after the game. Sure and there's uh, also going to be big events happening down at the uh, down at the waterfront area where uh, there's a, a spaceship's office on Fort Street so I guess yeah, people no, can, uh, can, can party all night, wake up somewhere in the morning and, and stumble over to the offices to, uh, to pick up a, uh, a spaceship and, and drive around the place. Yeah, and there's also um, uh, activities, um, information on um, bus transport, um, things to do in St. Auckland, so we can um, provide you with a whole range of uh, information, advice and um, book most things for you down there. Excellent. Now, how about driving from city to city if people are trying to get out of Auckland and uh, going to some of the other games in the North Island? What do you reckon uh, driving conditions are going to be like? Um, they should be should be pretty good. There will obviously be a little bit more traffic on the roads. Um, there will be quite a few rental cars and camper vans um, adding to, to the additional or the current traffic flows. So um, best if everyone just... Um, you know, keeps to the left and follows the um, the road rules. Awesome. And uh, do you want to give us a pitch on spaceships? Spaceships are the Swiss Army knife of camper vans. Um, the beauty of travelling in a spaceship for, for the Rugby World Cup is um, that it can actually be used as a four-seater car or a two-berth camper van. So if you're looking um, for a camper van option and, and campgrounds, there's plenty of those. We've got over 60 listed on our website. Um, Price-wise, the vehicle um, compares very closely to that of an equivalent car. So if you just want to travel with um, four of you and stay in inner city accommodation, um, you can park the vehicle underground and in any normal car park. 
So you've got a couple of good options there. Awesome. Well, James, thanks so much for uh, coming on the Indie Travel Podcast and uh, giving us a bit of a heads up about what this is going to be looking like. No worries. Well, thanks, James, for coming on the show. There are 11 different cities and towns that are hosting Rugby World Cup events, and we're getting notes on all of them ready and linked to from the Our New Zealand page and our Rugby World Cup page on Indie Travel Podcast. But let's have a bit of an overview of things to do in each place. Sure. Well, um, let's start in the North Island then, um, and we may as well start with the big cities. Uh, Auckland, first up, it's the biggest city in New Zealand, um, and down the waterfront area is where a lot of the party is going to be. Uh, the Viaduct, Britomart, the redeveloped Fort Street area, that's going to be huge. Also around Kingsland, which is another staging area for mm-hmm. public transport to and from the Games, um, that's going to be another one. So it's kind of uptown and downtown are going to be the two two big party areas. Yeah, see our Auckland guy for more information about what to do around the city. Yeah, we've got a whole podcast on it. It's our home city, so we know quite a lot about it. Uh, moving on to Hamilton. Well, Hamilton is a big rural centre turned into a city. It's one of the few cities in New Zealand that doesn't have a beachfront. Mm. It's, uh, it's a river city. It's right in the middle of nothing. It's not our favourite place to be. But there is a good restaurant and coffee range. One of our favourite cafes is there. It's very nice. Yeah, there's, there's some cool stuff. Uh, Metropolis, if you're down there. Yeah, very Get nice. into Metropolis. Good coffee. Uh, they've got huge public gardens as well. Big botanical garden down in Hamilton. So it's quite nice to walk around. Given the typical weather over those months, it might be a bit wet. <laughs> Understatement. <laughs> okay, moving on to Wellington. It's the capital city of the country, and it's known for its arts and culture. The stadium's near the waterfront, um, and you can just walk back into town. The city's quite compact, mm. so it's really walkable. It's really nice. Yeah, it's, it's hemmed in by hills, mm-hmm. so you can catch a uh, cable car up to the top if you want the view, or if you're insane, you can walk up. But... Um, you know, it's, it's, it's all kind of compacted, eh? Yeah, but there's a lot to do. If you're in town for the rugby, you can still do lots of arts and culture things, mm. like um, Te Papa, which is yeah. the, the National Museum. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Really, really it's nice brilliant. museum. and nice. Yeah. And Cuba Street is a good place to go for coffee and food. Yeah. And Weta Workshops, um, Peter Jackson's place. <laughs> <laughs> Searching for the right word. His yeah. place. <laughs> yeah, where's where they nice do uh, all the special effects for movies like The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and stuff like that. So they've got a, a museum now that you can go and have a look at. In the past there was nothing, so it's nice to have a, a way to kind of access that and some of the old schlock horror films. <laughs> awesome. I was awesome. in the library the other day and I saw all of Peter Jackson's um, Early movies? Yeah. You know, Brain Dead and Meet yeah. the Feebles. Apparently they're re-releasing Bad Taste onto DVD. They're going to remaster it. Awesome. It's amazing. So I tried to convince my friend who I was with to, to get them all out. Yeah. He said no. No. Bad, <laughs> bad Taste was the most awesome premise ever. ever. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> so we just talked about the three major cities in the North Island, which is Auckland, Hamilton and Wellington. That's north to south. So let's do the same for the smaller towns or cities. Cities in inverted commas, towns, uh, <laughs> yeah. from, from north to south as well. Well, um, start with Whangarei then. It's just above Auckland. By just above, that's like three hours in the car? Yeah, yeah, mm. just above. Um, and it's a really good base for exploring further north. If you want to go up, up Northland, up to the Bay of Islands, which we've spoken about recently, uh, up to Cape Reinga, maybe drop back down through the west coast. 
beautiful, beautiful country up there, really unspoiled and low development. Um, so it's just a really cool place to go. Yeah, it's nice. There's lots of museums and things like that. And there used to be a really nice cafe there too that we would do road trips to visit, but I'm pretty sure it closed. I'm pretty, pretty sure it has, yeah. It's yep. very sad. Um, the beaches will be a bit cold around that time. Um, you're coming off the end of winter and into the very beginning of spring, so it's... Yeah, but it's not far from the Kalkawati Glowworm Caves, which is one of our favourite Northland attractions. That's true. So I definitely recommend that. Okay, moving down to Rotorua, that's kind of smack dab in the centre of the North Island. Mm. Um, There's lots to do there, lots to explore. It smells really bad because of the uh, volcanic activity, shall we say. Yeah, but that's part of what makes it beautiful. There's these wonderful geothermal parks with with pools of water, all different colours, naturally changed by the Mm. really high mineral content. It's cool. Um, Big kind of steaming geysers and all sorts of beautiful, beautiful stuff. It's really nice. Um, There's also an adventure park not far out of town that has... Uh, all sorts of adventure activities you can do, like bungee jumping and um, mm. there's zorbing, which yeah. you might not have heard of. It's You get into a big ball and then you roll down a hill. And they can put water in there too if you want. Yeah, so you slosh around all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Um, there's, yeah, whitewater rafting and um, jet boating and all the adventure stuff you, you've heard about. Uh, you can do a lot of it in Rotorua. Yeah, Rotorua, the name means two lakes. Rotorua means lake and Rua means two, so... As you might imagine, there are two lakes there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That was helpful. And uh, lots of lakeside activities. Um, it's especially well-known. Well, an area just outside of it, Tuurangi, is especially well-known for its trout fishing. So if you like uh, fly fishing, wet fly or dry fly, um, that's a great place to be. Uh, Rotorua is also very cool for um, that's very easily accessible Maori culture. Mm. Uh, there's lots of uh, of marae shows um, and hangi, which is a traditional kind of New Zealand Polynesian style of cooking in a underground oven, and yeah. so it's it's very accessible. A little, a little bit, bit kitschy, a little bit kitschy, but um, but it still but, yeah. gives you a taste of it's, the experience. You know, I, I mean, it's one I of those things so. everywhere. The 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 local culture is kind of being packaged up and marketed mm. as a tourist attraction it's, it's happening here too but i mean it's still representative mm. and one of our so. favorite cafes this is becoming a theme isn't it food, food. <laughs> the fat dog in rotorua fat nice. dog, yep. cheers. good good food there yeah you'll often see a line out the door for a cooked breakfast on saturday mm. and sunday morning well worth it um over to the east coast now to napier um napier's Probably most famous for um, being almost completely Art Deco. Yeah, it was pretty much raised to the ground in the 1920s when there was an earthquake. And uh, it was rebuilt in the style of the times, which was Art Deco. And now there's kind of a city ordinance that um, buildings in certain parts of the city have to be in that style, which is really cool. So it gives a really nice feeling to it. Mm. It's also got one of New Zealand's most prestigious wine regions, the Gimlet Gravels, Mm. um, just like... 15, 20 minutes out of town, and um, beautiful, beautiful wines, especially Bordeaux-style reds, it's kind of best known for. All right, moving across to New Plymouth, which is on the other side of the country, on the other side of the island, on the west coast, uh, there's Mount Taranaki nearby, which is also called Mount Egmont. We're not quite sure what we want to call it, so we call it both names. And uh, there's a cool coastal walk, and it's just 
a really kind of nice little little city. We haven't actually spent much time there, though. No, no. Um, I was talking to some people who have been down there recently. They said there was a really good, cheap historical walk around town. Um, mm. It's ten bucks per person from the eyesight. Now you'll see eyesights like I dash S I T E everywhere, and it's the the official New Zealand tourism information information center. I for information. Um, and so that's always a good place to drop into if you're unsure what to do. Um, they're not a, a sales organization, although they can book tours and things like that for you. But, uh, yeah, normally pretty handy. Yeah, and they're really friendly, being New Zealanders. <laughs> <laughs> if you are going to climb up Mount Taranaki, um, don't climb drunk and don't climb without a guide. Um, it It seems... Like it's not that high, but it's it's quite a quite a dangerous climb. I mean, you can walk the foothills and things like that, but it does get pretty rough, and it's you know a real mountain. So please be careful. All right, moving on to Palmerston North, another city that we haven't spent a lot of time in. Um, last time I was there, my sister was living there, and she didn't she didn't find it her favorite city. Maybe because it's another one of the cities that doesn't have a, a coastline. Mm. It's, it's an inland city. Um, but it's just invested in lots of new public sculpture, so you can wander around town to see all these cool artworks, yep. which uh, sounds pretty cool. But um, I guess with the Rugby World Cup, the New Zealand Rugby Museum, which is in Palmy, as it's proverbially known, uh, is, I guess, a must-see. Normally not that interesting during the Rugby World Cup. Hey, it's <laughs> the National Rugby Museum. And what else about Palmerston North? Um, well, about two hours away, there's some really good surf and some really good fishing um, at uh, Akatio, which is, uh, yeah, just cool little funky coastal community um, and good surf, good fishing. Neither of these things I'm interested in, so I don't think I'll be going myself. Yeah, fair enough, go. fair enough. It's, look, it, it's pretty hard selling Palmerston North, guys, I have to admit. Be nice, I be nice. I have to admit. <laughs> Um, they hey, do a little rent about it. <laughs> they're, host, host. they're hosting Rugby World Cup games. We've got to find something for people to do that aren't keen on the rugby. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the South Island. Now, you might have heard about the the big Christchurch earthquakes that have happened from September, and it, uh, notably in February, and since then as well, that have um, knocked out a lot of the city, and uh, is one of New Zealand's greatest disasters, really. Um, that has meant that although Christchurch was going to be hosting Rugby World Cup games, they are no longer going to be. Mm. So although we really like Christchurch, and we do think you should visit during your trip, um, because we would really like it if you'd inject a bit of life back into the city. They're quite sad at the moment. Um, just, uh, there's no rugby. Sorry there's, Yeah. So if you don't like rugby, Christchurch <laughs> is probably going to be a pretty good place to be. Yeah. Except you'll get all of the complaints about how Auckland stole Christchurch's rugby. So yeah. mm-hmm. if, if you're willing to put up with that, you'll be fine. Um, yeah, do go and visit. Uh, maybe stay out of town in a place uh, like Kaiapoi or Rangiora. These are uh, townships that are yeah, just kind of dotted around the, the actual central city. So they're, they're pretty good places to stay. You get less quakes and um, everything's low-rise. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to the cities that are actually hosting Rugby World Cup events. Mm. So I think the biggest South Island venue is Dunedin, which is yeah. much further south than um, than Christchurch. It's a university town. It's 
if, if Christchurch is kind of the English city, Dunedin is definitely the Scottish city of New Zealand. Yeah, it feels a lot more like maybe Edinburgh or something like that uh, with these big grey kind of Edwardian and Victorian facades on the buildings. And, well, Dunedin yeah. actually means Edinburgh. It's just another yeah, way yeah. of saying it. <laughs> I know, I know. So yeah, definitely that feeling. It's nice. Yeah. It's a nice town. I really like it. Yeah, it is. It's got a lot more going for it than you first think because mm-hmm. it's very, very, very small, mm-hmm. um, especially the live-in population when the uh, university students aren't there. But it's got possibly some of the best wildlife experiences that you can have in New Zealand that's that's right next to a city. Um, Just down on the peninsula there, you've got uh, penguin sanctuaries, you've got seals, you've got sea lions, uh, you've got the royal albatross and their only mainland uh, breeding ground. So there's just all of this amazing kind of Antarctic wildlife Mm -hmm. that's just half an hour away from the city. Just there. And if you're a foodie or you know someone who likes your beer, there's a Spates tour. Yeah. Um, Spates is a, a local brewery. Yeah, so you get to walk around and see how the beer is made, and then at the end you get to taste it. And uh, for the people with the sweet tooth, there's the Cadbury chocolate tour. Similar idea, but with chocolate at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these two tours often divide along gender lines, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, if you're a large group, I suggest. <laughs> Although I actually, I mean, I'm not a big beer fan, but I did enjoy the tour. I found it really interesting. Yeah. I think if you're into the whole steampunk aesthetic, then the Spates Brewery is really cool because <laughs> they've got all these old copper uh, stills and and um, wonderful big cowrie vats. It's like a, a native mm. uh, softwood. Beautiful. Beautiful. Really, really cool. Okay, moving on to the smaller places then. Well, north to south again, there's only two. Nelson is right up near the top of the South Island. It's close to the ferry in the wine region, so it's relatively easy to get to. And, uh, yeah, wine, wine, wine. That's what you have to say about it. <laughs> That's it. I mean, yeah, you've got Marlborough and Martinborough right there, um, known for their, their Pinot and their Sauve Blanc. So, yeah, go drink. Yeah, we found some good fish and chips in near the dockside areas. That was really good. Yeah, the dockside area was actually quite a nice place to stay rather than staying in town itself. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, Invercargill, the southernmost city in New Zealand. Um, I was trying to think up good things to say, and it has really wide streets. <laughs> it does have wide streets. It was built for expansion, which never really came. But That's true, and I mean, so it's sad. It's a nice enough place. It's just... It is. It's, it's got the feeling of something that wants to be bigger than it is. Mm. Um, the Southland Museum is uh, really cool, well worth a visit. And then out of town you've got Already Beach and uh, and Bluff, which is well known for its oysters, which are fantastic. Cool, so I'll wrap up there. That was the 11 cities that are uh, hosting Rugby World Cup games. Some of them we love, others of them are Not host- hosting Rugby World Cup games. Um <laughs> And, yeah, there'll be a lot more at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash RWC. All right, well, let's move on and talk about community wisdom. There's a lot happening on the site, as always, so uh, make sure you stop over at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash community and uh, add to the conversation. Yeah, um, we're looking at an uh, itinerary for Warsaw, Krakow, and Prague. Um, Anna, who's doing that trip, has, is actually in Prague as of a couple of hours ago when she uh yeah i know uh when she when she commented on it last so if you've got any last minute advice then jump on there and jameson's looking for uh more postcard exchange and pen pals so we are um 
sending off a postcard to him in the states not sure if we'll get one back before we leave but uh we'll wait <laughs> and see we'll, we'll wait and see and our kiva team has now lent four thousand one hundred us dollars which is awesome if you want to join our kiva team you definitely should yeah that's at kiva.org slash team slash indie travel don't forget that you can help the indie travel podcast stay traveling by booking through us visit indietravelpodcast.com slash flights slash hostels and slash insurance when you're booking your travel online and there's travel deals updating every day at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash deals. Remember our new Rugby World Cup section at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash RWC. And that ties into our New Zealand page, which is at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Oceania slash New Zealand. You'll, you'll find it. You'll find it. <laughs> you can just go to IndieTravelPodcast.com and like type in a search key. Oh, yeah. It's just not that hard. Gosh, you make life so easy. <laughs> Whatever you want to look for. Go to the website <laughs> and search for it. This sounds like magic. Remember, if you're shopping online, please type in indietravelpodcast.com slash Amazon first. And you can get great trial bonuses from our partners. You can download a free audiobook with a two-week trial of Audible through indietravelpodcast.com slash Audible or slash audiobook. We've also got a library of books to share at indietravelpodcast.com slash books. Books for solo travellers, couples, people going to Europe, books to help you travel more and travel well, and more on the way. And for some non-monetary ways of helping us out, remember to tell your friends and family about Indie Travel Podcast. Invite them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash travel or leave a five-star review for us on iTunes. I think we're just on the cusp of getting 2,000 people there. I'm just going to check this right now, live in podcast land. Wow. Um, 1,999 people How currently have joined us on the Indie Travel Podcast Facebook page. So come and be person 2,000 or 2,500 or 50,001, <laughs> depending on when you're listening to the show. <laughs> well, that's us for this week. That works a whole lot better on radio, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.